I need to get remotes on like all my phone and everything to try and be able to make stuff easier. Praise God. So last week we talked about the principle of stewardship. The week before that we talked about the principle of discipleship. And today I wanted to talk about the principle of worship. Amen. Worship is a thing that we do. It's different than a lot of the things that um, God enables us to do in our lives. But it's one thing that God doesn't make us do. It's something that has to pour out from our heart. Worship has to pour out from our spirit and in a place where uh, we're able to communicate with God, where we're able to bow down at his feet like we see in a lot of the stories in the New Testament where people are just giving their all at the altar, pouring out everything that they have uh, for his sake because we get to worship him. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to open up with a couple scriptures if my phone allows me to connect to the thing in the back. Praise God. There it is. Boom. All right, we're going to start with uh, Matthew 4 and 10, and then we're going to jump into the book of Luke, going from Luke 2, 8 through 20. But we're going to start uh, Matthew 4 and 10. It says, Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. Luke 2, 8 through 20 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day the city of David a sa- in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. And this shall be a sign unto you that ye should find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an uh, and there was an angel. Uh, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away uh, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. Praise God. Um, 
Matthew 2 and 11, uh, it says that they were coming to the house and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Praise God. This, uh, this story grafted in the, uh, the gospel of Matthew, it really opens up our perspective. You can be seated, please. It really opens up our, our perspective of what worship should be. We see worship presented in a way that anybody can understand it. We see uh, the shepherds. We see uh, the wise men doing certain things, certain aspects uh, of worship. We see uh, gift giving happening. We see uh, uh, throwing down everything that they have to go and, and follow this star. Amen. They're taking the opportunity to do something that maybe the culture would say that was crazy. Maybe uh, the star wasn't even in there for, for the people who uh, were around, but I believe that that star was shining bright. And that's how God is in our life. We see God as a shining star and we have to follow him. Regardless of what we're going through, we have to bow down and worship Jesus regardless of what's going on, regardless of how other people see it. We have, to, we have to walk towards that star. We have to, to uh, abide by that star and just keep in following him through everything. Amen. I want to open up here with a, a story talking about love, uh, the foundation of giving and worship. It says, why do we enjoy giving gifts so much? It would, it would seem to stem from our love for the blessing those that we care about deeply and our desire to benefit them in some way. Love, giving, and worship just seem to go hand in hand. These not only seem to be connected, they are connected inseparably. If we love, if we will give, and if we will worship. For love is the foundation at the root of both giving and worship. God so loved that he gave. He loved mankind, manifested himself through the Son of God, and gave himself on the cross for the sins of humanity. Amen. Giving begins with love, and the worship of God begins with love. Uh, both God's love for us and our reciprocal love for him, we love him because he first loved us and gave himself for us. Some people get extremely worked up over many and varied intertwining traditions and practices of Christmas. While there uh, may be, uh, or Valentine's Day, while there may be uh, many valid reasons for the concerns about Christmas, in their distraction over the missing, mixing of the traditions and the, 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 the transitioning of traditions through the history, you know, sometimes we miss the bigger point that people love to give gifts to those that they love and that they love to celebrate the gift, the birth of the one who loved and gave the most of all. And because Jesus Christ came to give himself, we love to celebrate him and his love for us by giving to his cause and by worshiping him in spirit and truth. Amen. I like that story because it gives us a perspective of... Um, you know, sometimes we look at things in a way whereby uh, 
we may judge it in an aspect or we may uh, try to, 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 you know, just have excuses. But in, in the reality of certain things, like Christmas, I'm grateful to be able to celebrate that and to, to glorify God and to uh, love my family and be around the people that I love the most. Uh, same thing with maybe like Valentine's Day. It's not necessarily a, a Christian holiday, but it's a day that I get to remember uh, the love of my wife. I get to, uh, it's a day where I get to remember um, uh, the love that I have for just the people in my life. Amen. Not that I'm sitting there celebrating the... Uh, the God of fertility or anything like that, but it's just a good reminder. Amen. Might not, uh, we might not participate in the, in everything that the world does for that holiday, but it's always a good reminder of, uh, to have a good heart, to have a, a good mindset going into it. Amen. Uh, I'm going to put up our first slide here and I'm going to, uh, want somebody to read it for me if my phone will help myself thank you brother joe my phone keeps disconnecting from the wi-fi so i have to like yeah the first transparency can somebody read this for me Amen. We worship one God. We serve one God. Uh, we pour ourselves into one God. There's not a multiplicity of gods. Amen. But we serve the God who created everything. We serve the God who allowed our existence to be here today. We serve the God who allows breath in our lungs every single day. And I'm, yeah, Deuteronomy 6, 4. You're okay. We see this, uh, statement by which um, really all of Israel and all of us worship God by. This, 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 very, uh, this very expression is whereby which our, our faith relies in God. Amen. The, the Jews, uh, Israel's uh, prime uh, worship, they, they, they have this thing called the Shema, which is this scripture right here, which is one of the, the greatest commandments that God has ever given. Um, from birth, the children to were be uh, taught of God. The parents were to use every occasion of their life uh, to raise their children, to teach their children about who God was. And it was the first things on their minds in the morning and the last things that they pondered at night. And they were to talk about it when they traveled. They were to discuss it while they ate. They were to weave God into the fabric of everything they did. 25 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 6. <laughs> if, we, if we read it, that we would have no doubt that there is only one God. And not only just one God, but all of our life has to revolve around Jesus. All of our life has to revolve around this one God. Amen. And we see uh, Jesus even emphasized the importance of worship. Amen. When he quoted Deuteronomy uh, 6 and 4, and you know he explained to the lawyers and the Pharisees that the greatest commandment of all 
is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Amen. Regardless of the, the clutter and the junk that's in our mind and, and all the distractions that are in life, but he just says, you know, just put that stuff away and just focus on me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Amen. We go back to the idea of the, the wise men. Uh, they laid down, they, they gave their gold and frankincense and myrrh before Jesus. Amen. Today, that very same God remains the, the focal point of our lives. If we are a Christian, if we're a devoted Christian in our life, Jesus is that the object of our worship. He's the, he's the apple to our eye. He's, he's everything to me. He's everything to you. Amen. And there's always going to be things that our culture and our uh, society wants to interject. But, you know, the, the, the law is still true. God is to be the center of everything we do. And worship begins when we learn who that God is. Worship begins when we understand uh, what Jesus did for us, when we understand uh, what he became. And regardless of how many times culture wants to change who God is, regardless of what they want to say about him, he still remains. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And regardless of what the culture wants to say about God, I saw a, um, uh, it was a Time Magazine article, like the, the, the poster portion, and it said, uh, is God still relevant? And I want to let the church know that God is the forefront of everything that we do. If God is not the forefront of everything we do, everything that we do for God is just a facade. Everything that we, if God is not the center of what we do, this would be for nothing. Amen. But we must talk about him when we get up in the morning like the Jews did. We must acknowledge God's provision for us at every meal. That's the reason why we pray before we eat. It's not just uh, to, to check the box or to, to say, oh, we did it. It's, it's because we get to glorify God because he's provided the, the, the money. He's provided the food. He's provided everything that we have in our lives for us. Amen. We talked last week about uh, being a steward. And being a steward is just more than uh, being a steward of your finances. Amen. We learned that it's being a steward of your time, that it's being a steward of, of everything that you do in your life because God enables you to have it. Amen. We must talk about the grace of God every day. We must sing and talk and tell until worship becomes something natural to us. Amen. Uh, when I first started serving God, I didn't know how to, to talk to him. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to uh, communicate with him. But one of the greatest tools of communication that we have to God is just worship. Amen. We can... Uh, Moses uh, gave the law and God called for constant celebration and worship. Amen. They, if you think about uh, how the temples ran, they had a, a sacrifice in the morning, a sacrifice in the evening. They had a sacrifice every year. They had all these different festivals where more sacrifices took place. And 
I want to tell you this. Apostolic Pentecostal people should be, uh, they should have the reputation of being thankful. They should have a reputation of being the most uh, uh, gracious people in the neighborhood. They should be the, the best neighbor to have. They should, they, we should be the best people in our neighborhoods. Amen. We should be the best pers- person on our workplaces, the most honest people, because we should be giving thanks to God at every turn that we, that we take. Amen. Going down the road, uh, whether we may be running into uh, some struggles somewhere, our food's not coming fast enough, uh, wherever it may be, we should be thankful regardless of the circumstances in our lives. Amen. Who should be more grateful than a spirit-filled Jesus name, a child of God? Amen. I, I will, uh, Think about that. We have the truth. God has filled us with his spirit. We know that we're children of God, amen, but I just want to have a spirit of worship. I want to have the ability to just, to just pour out to him every single day, regardless of what I'm going through. And, and uh, how do we do that, amen? We, worship is a lifestyle. That's how we do it. Uh, Moses instructed the Israelites to use every activity to teach their children about God. So uh, we should reflect that in our lives, not that we have to become Jewish, but I like a lot of their, their traditions and just things that they did. I think, I think it's really good to instill in our children just through uh, eating, through uh, going to the store, wh- whatever it may be, that you know, we can give God glory just, just for uh, you know, allowing us to buy a bag of chips or, or whatever it may be, amen. So every activity should reflect our worship of God. Everything that we're allowing ourselves to partake of should be able to glorify God. Amen. Uh, singing, praising God is one aspect of worship. Amen. Does anybody ever sing and just worship God by yourself in, in your house or your car or whatever? I mean, I'm going to be honest. There's times when I just have to get in my car after work and uh, I don't have a stereo in my car because I like headphones better, but... I put the headphones on, earplugs in while I'm driving, and I just worship God all the way home sometimes just because of how much stress and how much uh, anguish that work gave me that day. Amen. So uh, it, it, takes, it takes an act of faith sometimes just worshiping God to get out of the, 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 um, the, the thing that we're stuck in. Amen. That Maybe that anxiety or, or, or the, the things uh, holding us down that day. Amen. Uh, we use our body and our, our, our abilities uh, to, as worship to God. You know, he gives us talent. He gives us the ability to play music. He gives us the ability to create cool things like this. He gives us the, the ability to try to encourage somebody uh, through the Internet. He gives us all these different uh, ways to go to the store, to, to just be able to talk to people. Amen. We can use the, the gifts and the talents that God gives us as worship. Amen. Uh, I, I, I'm blessed with the ability to play drums. And when I get up there, it's not just I'm just trying to show off. I'm just trying to give glory to God through the talent that he's given me. Amen. When uh, I get up to sing or when I get up to, to just when I get up to the pulpit and preach, I want to just worship God. I want to give him glory. I, I don't want glory to myself. Amen. But I just want to be able to worship him. Amen. With the talent with the, the ability that he's given me in my life. And it's not that it's for me. 
It's for somebody else. Amen. To be able to, to use those talents to glorify him. Amen. To worship him with all of my being. God loves, uh, God loves music. He loves singing. Uh, David describes it as a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. So, you know, praising him in this way becomes our worship. Praising God out loud uh, with our voice, with uh, hands lifted up, uh, running, dancing, whatever it may be. What, however you worship God uh, on the outside, uh, maybe on a Sunday service or, or at home by yourself or in your car, just, just worship him out loud. Just worship him with your voice. Worship him with, with a, a song and a dance and, and tinkling cymbals. Amen. But in addition to the, the, the prayer and, and the songs that we sing to worship God, uh, I just want to make every decision that I make to reflect some sort of devotion to him, some sort of, of worship in my life. You know, God is not, uh, he's not interested in the, the facade. God's not interested in rituals. He's not, uh, he's not interested in, in things for habit's sake. But he loves acts of worship. He loves acts of praise that rise from our heart. Amen. And that's the difference between uh, getting up to when the songs start and just, you know, uh, you know, we all, we're all there, you know, at a time when, you know, somebody else starts worshiping God. That makes me want to worship God. But it, there's a moment at where I'm forcing myself to worship to where then it comes out, where that worship starts to bleed from uh, the place in my secret place. Amen. And uh, just because somebody else is worshiping God, don't feel the need to just do it because they're doing it. But allow it to, to produce something from your heart. Allow it to produce a spirit of worship coming from you because you want to glorify God. Amen. Um, in a book called uh, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers says, Worship is giving God the best that he's given you. But be careful what you do with the best that you have. I think that's a powerful statement. God gives us good things in our life, but what are we going to do with the best that God's given us? He, did, he gave us the best thing he ever could, and that was on Calvary 2,000 years ago. That alone should be uh, enough for us. The, the miracles, the, the signs, the wonders, um, the, the great experiences with God are a byproduct of the cross. All those things are just a byproduct of what God has done in our lives. Amen. So allow yourself to think about that thing. That worship is giving God the best that he's given you. Amen. Uh, does it have to be exuberant? No. It, does it have to be loud and, and clangly? Not all the time. There's, there's time and a place for that. But give God your best. That's what matters. Amen. Um, you know, let us encourage each other to worship God. Um, you know, how we worship God is, is so important. Uh, we come to the house of God every Sunday. We come to the house of God every Tuesday. Um, 
you know, meeting for corporate worship is so important. Um, we're his body. And when there's a member in isolation or a member who doesn't have the uh, ability in the, in the spirit to, to break out and worship, you can feel that, that uh, hesitation. You can feel that uh, you're dragging. It's almost like you're dragging it along. Amen. God gives, uh, you know, the spiritual gift of discernment. And he gives us that ability to maybe, you know, before service, you're not feeling good. Or maybe before service, you're not understanding why I'm feeling all of a sudden sad and, and depressed or, or whatever. God has given you insight on how the body's feeling. God has given you insight on, on, on what is going on. Maybe in your household, uh, you get home and all of a sudden you, you feel upset. All of a sudden you, you feel mad and then the wife starts to snark and, and then all of a sudden you want to just rage back at your wife. And, but God's allowing you to see the discernment. God's allowing you to, to feel the emotion of the household. And God's given you the discernment to say, no, I got to change my I got to change my reaction. I got I to gotta change it for the better. Amen. And, and there's times where we're going to have to walk into this house where we don't want to worship God. But we have to pour everything out that we have to him. Amen. A lone individual cannot accomplish uh, some aspects of praise and worship. Uh, we see heaven. Heaven is a city where the people of God will reside together. Amen. Likewise, true worship includes praising and working hand in hand. And guess what? It's not with, uh, it's, it's, it's with the people of God. When we get to heaven, we're going to be working hand in hand with our brethren. We're going to be working hand in hand with our brothers and sisters that we don't get to see every day. We're going to be working hand in hand with Jesus himself. Amen. Uh, we see in the uh, in First Corinthians fourteen when Paul is talking about this, the spiritual gifts that these spiritual gifts are used in public worship. We see that these spiritual gifts are used to edify the body. They're used to uh, edify the unbelievers. Amen. And I think it's interesting that God has made that a a, a factual thing that He included. Paul included uh, in the word. That you know, it it testifies to the importance of of it affecting people publicly. As we uh, go together as a group, we affect people publicly. As we as we move as a body of Christ together, we we affect people in a public manner. And God gives the spiritual gifts as a means of of being able to be used in. Uh, a, a, a setting together. Amen. Has anybody been involved in hearing a tongues and interpretation? It's powerful. It's, it's a means by which I cannot utter, explain. Uh, I can't give you an explanation for what's going on, but I can feel what's going on. I can experience what's going on. And guess what that does? Tongues interpretation does? I mean, if you don't believe in God, you better believe in God after that happens because it's powerful. It is a powerful experience. Amen. 
I'll, I'll talk to you after. So our, our personal worship is incomplete without our corporate, corporate involvement together. Without being involved with the body, we're unable to function at our full capacity. Uh, without being uh, together, worshiping together, there's going to be something missing. Amen. But as we worship God, He gives us uh, He gives us submission. He gives us uh, a giving. He gives us, um, you know, church attendance. All these different things that enable us to worship Him. Can you put up that slide? The third one. Can somebody read this for me? That's right. <laughs> God gives us all these means by, by worshiping him. Amen. God gives us it's the option to take part in these things. This, uh, all these things are optional. But are they required to, to uh, experience worship in our lives? Absolutely. Without these three things in our lives... We're not worshiping God to our, our potential. We're not worshiping God uh, in a way that ultimately pleases Him. And I, I want, with the best of my ability, to please God. I want to please God with, with everything that I have. And sometimes that's going to take being submitted when I don't want to. Or attending church, or attending services, or attending a Bible study when I don't want to. And especially uh, giving. You know, giving of finances, uh, giving of your time. Uh, we talked about stewardship last week, and and uh, really that'd be you know stewardship in that in that in that spot. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> stewardship in that spot. And uh, <laughs> I'm grateful to be able to submit myself to God. Amen. I'm grateful to be able to. Uh, uh, attend services. I'm grateful to be able to, to give to God because guess what? Those are forms of worship unto him. The world may, may look at those types of things and saying, whoa, bro, you're part of a cult or whoa, bro, you're, you're part of something that's, that's, that's weird. That's weird stuff right now. But I, I, and I tell those people, you know, you can have your opinion, bro, but this is all biblical stuff that we partake of. This is all in the Bible. Amen. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. The New International Version says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another uh, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Our meeting together is so important. Our uh, being together as a church, being together as a body is so important. Amen. Um, we see the Great Commission. God gives us the Great Commission, and he tells us to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I cannot do that by myself. I need each and every one of you at my side. I, and you need me at your side, being able to encourage you, to help you, to uh, be able to edify each other. Amen. 
And God, you know, God calls some of us to be missionaries, to go and evangelize, and, and some are, are gifted, the gift of teaching and, uh, you know, strong discipleship, but some people don't ever feel con, con, convicted to leave their house. Some people don't feel, um, they don't feel like they find fulfillment in in uh, doing the things of God or, or doing this or that. But let me tell you this. If you're struggling with one of those three things, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue that we have to, to, to push through. We have to serve God through uh, the hurts. We have to serve God through, through the, the hard times. Can you put that uh, third slide back up there? You know, if, if you're struggling with submitting to God, if you're struggling with coming to the house of God, if you're struggling with giving, amen, it's something that you can work through. It's, it's, it's something that God, God can work with you through, amen. And, and before you know it, once we allow ourselves to, do, to be changed in our heart, once we allow ourselves to, to gain the perspective of God through these things, it becomes worship, amen. It becomes glorifying Him. It becomes pouring ourselves out to God through these means, amen. Is it easy all the time? No, but that's why it's worship. You see Mary at the altar pouring out all of the oil that she had. When, when, all the, when, the, when the people said, no, what you doing? I need that. We need to sell that. We need the money. But let me tell you this. God is going to provide for you. Let me tell you this. God is going to uh, meet your needs regardless of, of what you're going to go through. Amen. And God is going to be faithful but we have to worship him. We have, we have to bow down at, at his feet and, and, pour, and pour out that oil and let it flow. Amen. That's what, that's what worship is. Amen. Uh, can you put up that third slide? The last one. Can somebody read this for me? Amen. We looked at that story of the wise men and the shepherds uh, when, we, when we opened up t today. And the wise men, you know, uh, the thing I think about the wise men is, uh, and I talked about this in the beginning, but was that star visible to everybody? Was that, was that thing that they saw, was that visible to everybody? Could others seen the, the miracle that, that God allowed to happen to, to show them the significance of, of the star? Or, or did they miss or, and, and weren't able to grasp the significance of what was happening? To the wise men, that light was calling them to worship him. That light was calling them. Wherever it led them to go, they just went. Wherever it was taking them, they determined, you know what, I'm going to make up my mind and I'm going to go follow the light regardless of where it takes me. I'm going to take the journey. I'm going to go through the mountains. I'm going to go uh, on the horse carriage or the, or the camels. The camels are going to get tired. I'm going to have to walk on my feet and I'm going to have to do everything that I can to follow that light until... It shows me where I need to go. Amen. 
They weren't uh, seeking to, to get recognition. They weren't seeking to, uh, they weren't interested in, in getting power. They, they used everything that they had, their, their knowledge, their skill, to seek God. They followed wherever the light led, led them. And understand this, they were committed to worship God wherever it took them. That's why worship is a lifestyle. We see the wise men going to the fullest just to worship God, just to lay down the frankincense, the myrrh, and the gold at his feet as he is born into this world. Amen. And the other interesting aspect of it are, are the shepherds. Um, uh, the shepherds probably weren't educated. Uh, they weren't wise, obviously, because they're shepherds. They're, they have a, not as a good job as the wise men got. You know, they get to use their brain as f- for a job, but we see the shepherds using the skill of their hands. Amen. We see the shepherds uh, looking at the, the sheep and, and how they move and how they walk and, and what are their patterns. Amen. But the shepherds' worship was just as valuable as the wise men. The wise men found Jesus uh, through the efforts of their skills, their, their talents. While the shepherds, they heard about him through the angels. Uh, if you were at the, the service yesterday, we learned that God does more with less. We see these shepherds, they didn't have as much as these wise men. They didn't have the same experience or the knowledge that the wise men had. But guess what? God did more with less. These shepherds didn't know how to serve, uh, serve their, their kings and their, their, their priests right. But guess what? The angels appeared unto them. The angels appeared unto the lesser. The angels appeared unto to the people that didn't know. But guess what? The angels let them know on a little secret. That, that God is right here. God, God, is, God is going to appear, amen. And understand this. The angels and the star is, is not what brought Jesus to men. But both of the groups had to leave where they were to go and find him. They were directed to go. And guess what they were directed by? Worship. They wanted, to, they wanted to please God. And their journey brought them into the presence of God. Them going brought them into a place that was greater than they've ever experienced, which was at the feet of Jesus. How powerful is that? That their worship brought them to the feet of Jesus. Amen. We see worship played out through... Uh, the uh, through the New Testament and aspects, uh, it's all over the place. John 3 and 30 says, He must increase, I must decrease. We see Luke 1 and 48. Generations shall call me blessed. That's what Mary said, said after, you know, she, she was poor. She didn't have everything that she had, amen. But she, she said, you know what? I am still blessed by God. 
Luke 2 and 29 through 30 says, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Paul says in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have finished my course and kept the faith. John writes in Revelation 1 and 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. We don't understand the anguish and the hurt, the pain, the, the, the things that these people were going through when they wrote all these things. But I can tell you one thing is that they worshiped God out loud. They worshiped God uh, through their experiences. They worshiped God regardless of what was going on. They still got, gave God the glory. Amen. And just as the worship of the wise men and the shepherds brought them into the presence of God, these other believers believed with their words. They believed with their lives. And guess, guess what? Their worship forged the greatest relationship that they could ever have in their lives. It was stronger than their own ability. It was stronger than, than their, their own power. Amen. The greatest love that we can ever have in our lives is that one man will lay down his life for another. God is calling us to worship him today. God is calling us to serve him. God is calling us to lay down everything that we have just to follow that star, to follow that, that thing that he gives us the ability to do. Amen. Like, the, lies, like the, the wise men and the shepherds, we must leave where we are, follow the light. Like the shepherds, we have to respond to the spiritual events that beckon us into his presence. As we do, guess what? The, the panorama of faith, the idea of all these stories and all these, all these things come to life because you have that perspective of worship. Because you have that perspective of, of the things, guess what, I... <laughs> I don't have all the power. I don't have all the, the talent, the skill, and the ability, God. But I just, I just want to worship you. I, I, I just want to bow down at your feet. And I just want to follow you regardless of where it takes me, God. I, I want to be able to, to pour it out. I want to be able to, to allow the oil to flow regardless of, of, of what I'm going through, God. To be, to be serving you through, through the hurt, the pain, and worshiping you, God, through all the trials. That's what I want God to do in my life. Yes. Hallelujah. We have to be able to have the principle of worship in our lives. We have to allow the principle of worship to, to consume us. And, and that way we can, we can pour out to others through worship. Amen. That we can pour out to others through the abundance that God is, is placed in our heart and in our spirit to pour out unto him. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stand? Matthew uh, 22 and 37 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. God still seeks for us to worship him. 
And God still seeks for us to worship him, not with just our finances or our submission or our attendance in church, but he wants our heart. He wants, he wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. And he wants us to worship him from a place that he deserves it. Amen. Why don't we just lift up our hands and, and just give God some glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I pour out myself to you today, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for worshiping my life. Thank you, God, for the ability, Lord, to, to lay it all down for you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the opportunity, God, to serve you through worship, to serve you through, through all these principles, God, that you've placed in our lives, Lord. Hallelujah. I glorify you, Jesus. I, I lift up your name, Lord. I lift up your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. We can, uh, you can be dismissed. Uh, I think we have some refreshments downstairs. No? Nothing? Yep, let's pray. In Jesus' name. <laughs>